2019, Maine was gearing up for its bicentennial of statehood. A year of statewide celebration was planned, including a flotilla of tall ships, dozens of museum exhibits, and countless parades and festivals. My husband Carl and I had just published a cookbook about Portland's vibrant food scene, and we thought, what better way to celebrate Maine than with a bicentennial cookbook? Our idea was to create a cookbook that would showcase Maine's incredible food traditions, past, present, and future. We envisioned a book with recipes from kitchens all over the state, creating a snapshot of what folks were cooking at home, and with a portion of proceeds going to local organizations fighting hunger. We shared the idea with our friend, Don Lindgren, an antiquarian bookseller and collector who specializes in cookbooks. And he said, it sounds like you're putting together a community cookbook. Don has been collecting community cookbooks for more than a decade, and his collection of volumes produced in Maine numbers more than 800. When he began to show us his collection, Carl and I were hooked. The three of us collaborated on what would become the Maine Bicentennial Community Cookbook, and over the past two years, we've delved deeper into these marvelous books. They're thrilling. They illuminate various communities, share heartfelt recipes, and demonstrate creativity and grassroots publishing. They exist at the intersection of technology, home economy, marketing, and food safety, and bring American history to life. We've discovered a shared passion for these fascinating, exciting, and humble cookbooks. They've been a lifeline to us during the pandemic, and they are endlessly interesting. The three of us want to share this love with others, and so we made a podcast. Welcome to Cooking is Community, the community cookbook podcast. I'm Margaret Hathaway, food writer, goat farmer, and mom of three. I'm Don Lindgren, food historian and antiquarian bookseller. And I'm Carl Schatz, photographer, goat farmer, and journalist. We are so excited to begin this audio exploration of community cookbooks and the people who made them and the charitable causes that they were created to support. And we should start by defining what is a community cookbook. Don, do you want to take that one? Sure. To be a community cookbook, a cookbook needs to have three criteria. The first is that it is produced by a recognizable community. And it could be a social community, not necessarily a geographical community. The recipes need to come from within that community. And the third thing is that there's a charitable purpose to the book, that it's used to raise funds in order to support something. These books are sort of outside of the norm of traditional publishing. And as such, they kind of get ignored. And that's one of the reasons they're really exciting. In each episode of the podcast, we'll look at a single community cookbook from Don's collection and examine it as a physical object, a reflection of community, and a source of recipes from a very specific time and place. We'll talk about why it's interesting and what it says about the community it came from. We'll interview special guests, and we'll try a recipe or two from the cookbook's pages. Because these books come from outside of the regular publishing world, they often were produced using unusual techniques and processes and materials. Every kind of material you can imagine that was at hand, was inexpensive, and was local was used by these folks. These books are so cool. They really are. And the, the amount of creativity that goes into them was really sort of just was whatever they could do, whatever they could reach out and, and find from within their community or on their household shelves. People often would sew the books together with a sewing machine or use staples. And uh, I could just imagine them getting together in a, a church basement or in somebody's dining room and laying out the pages and having a little assembly line to produce these things. I just love that. My favorite part of these books is imagining all the, the work that went into them along the way. 
and where the books have stopped in their history, you know, where people have had them in the kitchen, made notes in them, splashed stuff on them. I just love it. It's so fun. I have a confession to make about these community cookbooks. As a bookseller, I always dislike these books. And I think that that's something not uncommon amongst booksellers. And there are a lot of reasons. The, the more modern community cookbooks have either a metal spiral binding or a plastic comb binding. And so very infrequently does the title of a book appear on the spine. And that's the kind of thing that makes booksellers nuts. You know, how do you put this on the shelf? <laughs> Nobody can tell what it is. They know it's a community cookbook, but beyond that, they can't tell. And so a lot of us just sort of, you know, passed over these books for years. And I was one of those people. I wasn't very interested in them. And then there was one book and it sort of stuck with me. It made me look more closely and it seemed odd. And the fact that it was odd was attractive. There was something that I needed to learn about it. It didn't fit into all of the neat models that publishing produces. And along the way of collecting these things, every assumption I made about these books was eventually blown out of the water. I thought they were all church books. No, they weren't all church books. They were from every community. And over time, the types of communities in America changed, and they were represented in the cookbooks. So you see books that were produced by groups of insurance salesmen, or you see community cookbooks that were produced by a radio station for people within the listening radius of the radio station, or books produced for new causes, for different charitable purposes than there were before, including social justice in the prison system, or soup kitchens in the inner city, or to address various health concerns and health emergencies. So the types of groups, the community organizations, they change over time to reflect the times, and the types of charitable purposes, they change over times to reflect the times. And everything else about the books too, just constantly evolving and changing. The materials, the language, the visuals, they're just endlessly interesting to me. Every little town in America produced them on a regular basis, often from more than one community within each of those little towns. They're just so, so numerous. I mean, every little tiny place in Maine has produced, you know, three, four, five of these things. When we're thinking about cookbooks and, and the, the publishing of cookbooks in the United States, they're kind of three basic categories of cookbooks. There's a single author cookbook. There's cookbooks that were put together by businesses about their product. And then there are community cookbooks, which it seems like, in terms of numbers, probably make up a large percentage of the cookbooks that were published in the United States. Yeah, that's right. There, there are three types, and, and you got them all. The, the first is really traditional publishing. It's when we think about cookbooks that are new, the ones that are being celebrated on TV, or you read a review about them somewhere. Most of them are single author books, but they're produced by big publishers, and they're distributed nationally. The second category is product books, and those are books that were used for promotional purposes to advertise things. And the third group is the community cookbook. And if I were to guess, and it's a fairly educated guess. I would I would say that there, there have been more titles produced of community cookbooks than of either of the other types of cookbooks. Certainly more titles than of the traditionally published books. I think the fact that so many different communities have produced these books for so many different causes and the many, many different people working, taken 
in aggregate, it really starts to paint a picture. You know, we can learn a lot about a place and the people who live there through their community cookbooks. And then we can taste their food. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right. It touches all of the senses. You know, there's the the touch of these books and and how interesting they are to hold and, and examine. And then we get to cook and, and taste the, the food that these people were eating. I think one of the things I'm really excited about the podcast is talking to people who have connections to these books and are around today. I think my imagination supplies so much of the backstory for these books that it's really fun to talk to people who can tell me if my hunch was right or wrong. So my favorite thing about working on this podcast with you guys is that it's taken something that I think I'm familiar with, which is the history of American historical cookbooks. And it's made me look at them from a new angle. I've actually had to think more deeply about the communities they come from, which gets me looking at the evidence of what we can learn from these books more closely. And then it's gotten me cooking the food. And that's also gotten me looking and thinking about what that tells me and what I can learn from it. But it's really helped me to to sort of push beyond my normal research brain to engage with these books in new new ways. And I, I really appreciate that. I find it exciting. You know, for me, it's been really fun turning on my research brain and putting on my detective hat and trying to find people connected to some, especially some of these older books. And we can find a way to connect these cookbooks to the communities that are around us today and the people in those communities. And just being introduced to new, interesting people and having conversations with them. And that's been really fun. What I'm loving about working on this podcast is how it kind of synthesizes two parts of my life. Professionally, I've come up in the cookbook and food world, but in my personal life for the last 15 years, I've I focused a lot on being a mom and a community volunteer, and this project really connects those two parts of my life. I really identify with the people who made these books, and also it has challenged my perceptions of what is appropriate in a cookbook, the rules that I've learned to think of as fixed are really just suggestions and how these compilations that march to their own drummer are just as engaging and their recipes are just as cookable as the contemporary books that are on our kitchen shelves. It's just really an exciting and fun project. So on the podcast, we're going to start first by looking at Maine community cookbooks because, well, we're in Maine and there are a lot of great community cookbooks that were produced here and a lot of great communities to explore. Eventually, we'd love to expand the podcast and look at cookbooks, not just from Maine, but from all 50 states. Don, I know you've got some particularly interesting cookbooks from my home state of Kansas, which I'm really looking forward to exploring. That's right. And just this week, I got a box of books from a bookseller friend of mine. There happened to be Another book from Kansas, uh, just the, the very second cookbook of any sort produced in the state of Kansas. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to taking this journey with you guys, and I hope that everyone listening is excited to take this journey with us. Make sure to visit our website, which is communitycookbook.com, or visit us on Instagram or Facebook at Community Cookbook Podcast. We're going to be posting lots of recipes and photos in those places from all the cookbooks we talk about. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have 
questions or comments about any of the cookbooks we're discussing or about community cookbooks in general, you can email them to us at podcast at communitycookbook.com or call and leave us a voicemail. Information's on our website. Finally, if you've published a community cookbook or are working on one now, send us an email or leave us a voicemail telling us your name, where you're from, the name of your cookbook, and the community and charitable cause it supports. We'd love to showcase your efforts. We look forward to sharing these cookbooks with you. And thank Thank you you for for being being part part of our community. community.